Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about blueberries. Yes! I love blueberries! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think this is the most excited I've heard you about an episode in a minute. Oh, they're in my top ten. I yeah blueberries. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of the many nicknames I've picked up over the years was blueberry. Oh, right. Yeah, because of mainly late night excursions to IHOP, because you okay. never go for breakfast, you go at night. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would order double blueberry pancakes and top them with blueberry syrup. And usually when I did this, I was wearing this huge hoodie. I know you've seen it, Lauren. It's this huge Georgia Tech hoodie that I have that's navy blue. It mm-hmm. makes me look like the person from Willy Wonka. Oh, Violet. Violet. You're turning Violet, Violet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I always want to say Veruca Salt. I think it's because I know that's the only name I know, but I know it's not her. Yeah. Violet is an easy name to remember, so I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I love them so much. I had a friend. She would make this special blueberry pie just for me every year. Aww. But then she would have to take me for a walk like a child because I would get so hyper. <laughs> and, like, and this was in college. But I would get oh, so hyper. Oh, um, uh-huh. Yeah. And I, when I got back from China, 
when I first hung out with a group of friends, they they texted me and they're like, what are the things you've missed? You've been gone for like a year. Now that you're back in the U.S., what do you want? And I said, cheese and blueberries. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Oh, I believe you. I mean, blueberries go really well with cheese. I mean, cheese goes really well with pretty much everything. But that's been my experience too, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, when I was growing up, we had these blueberry bushes all around our house. And we would go blueberry picking and it was the best. Um, They were so good. They were so, so sweet. Oh, yeah. I do feel like it is in a lot of summer desserts here in the United States. Um, Also, blueberry muffins. Those are so good. I could go on and on and on. I have to stop. But <laughs> no, they're a, oh, they're they're a great addition to baked goods. I yeah, and oh, there. I don't think that there is anything on this planet that I enjoy more than picking a berry off of a bush and then eating it. Yeah, immediately. Like it is <laughs> just the absolute best thing on the planet. And uh, and and yeah, I oh um, we we have a we have a very sad potted blueberry plant in in this household um it it does fruit but i don't think that we're treating it well enough to get it to like fruit well um uh, mm, yeah spite berries <laughs> yeah yeah they're 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 disappointed in us to be honest um but uh <laughs> you're but, making yeah. them feel blue oh, <laughs> no. oh no um, this is this is another character in our in our cartoon yes. comic strip, etc. Yes. <laughs> think go. A lot of our characters are uh, sad and or troubled, so I don't know what that says. It, I <laughs> but, I don't know. Blueberry will fit right in. <laughs> I don't care to to investigate that venue of my inner psyche today. Thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> Like, Lauren, why are you making all these food products depressed? I'm like, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Definitely fine. I feel like <laughs> Toastmaster is a cheerful character. Just toasty. I mean, I wouldn't say he's like the most stable of our food-based individuals, but uh, <laughs> um, if y'all don't remember all of this uh, back. Back when we did jelly donuts, yep, I think that was the instigation of this. We we I I say we, but I think it's mostly Annie came up with this character of the dunker, who's this donut who's who's a cop who you know <laughs> has a bite taken out of her. Has She's a bite. seen some yeah some stuff, seen some yeah. stuff, uh, and then mm-hmm. all of these other characters kind of spawn. Anyway, um. <laughs> Blueberries, yeah, I like them. Um, I I have family up in New Hampshire, and they grow. Um, they have wild blueberries all all around um, their area, and so I've gone picking with them. And sometimes they'll send me like a little jar of jam at Christmas, and it's the oh. best jam. Oh, yes. Um, I yes, I adore it. I adore it. Love a berry. That sounds amazing. That sounds so good. Um, since 1974, July, which is the month we are in. As we record this, so we've done it again, Lauren, (laughs) has been designated as National Blueberry Month. So, timely. Timely. Yes. (laughs) But I guess that brings us to our question. Blueberries. What are they? Well, uh, blueberries are for once pretty much what they say on the package. They are blue in color 
and they are berries. That's such a relief. I feel like all the time, the ba- <laughs> like the berry part is the part I would be like, it's not really a berry. Yeah, the it? berries and the nuts. <laughs> to be honest, um, I, I Googled this to make super extra double sure about mm. three seconds ago. <laughs> We've been burned before. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberries, bananas, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> um, you can see our episodes on those if you want to. Strawberries are not berries. Bananas are. It's a wacky world in, in botany. <laughs> At any rate, um, yeah, blueberries. Uh, yeah, there, there's just a whole bunch of species and varieties of blueberries all in the genus Vaccinium. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, It's a broad genus that also includes stuff like cranberries, lingonberries, some types of huckleberries. Um, The blueberry plant is a deciduous shrub that can grow up to a couple of feet, um, usually like less than a meter tall. And we'll grow these uh, these pretty little sprays of frilly bell-shaped flowers that when pollinated will each develop into a a globe or sort of squished globe-shaped fruit with a little star-shaped crown where the fruit connects to the stem. I, they were apparently previously called starberries way back in the day. Oh, that's so pretty. Yeah. That sounds like uh, I'm playing a Final Fantasy VII game or something. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a food item that's going to give you the good bonus, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, the fruit will develop from green to uh, to pink to red to blue-violet as they ripen and will reach anywhere from like a quarter inch to about an inch in diameter. Um, that's like half a centimeter to about two centimeters um, with a really thin edible skin surrounding a kind of mealy to juicy flesh that contains several tiny seeds called nutlets. Um, uh, they register as like a fine grit. You don't really notice them. And the the fruit ranges from sweet to sweet tart to like pretty tart. Um, it, it's a kind of intense but pleasant flavor burst in your mouth when you bite through the skin. They typically flower um, by mid to late spring. The fruit will be ripe by mid to late summer. Like I said, they do need to be pollinated in order to develop fruit and seeds, and um, they are best pollinated by by wild bees rather than honeybees or other pollinators. And so there's been a lot of research uh, recently into how the general use of insecticides has, has affected certain species of blueberries. Um, there's even a couple species of, of wild bees that are specifically referred to as blueberry bees. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and there's even there's even this special move that um, bumblebees and blueberry bees will do called buzz pollination. Which, uh-huh. okay, bee aside, so they, so these so these two types of bees, and they haven't really witnessed this in other types of bees, um, will kind of go up to to, to this bell shaped blueberry flower. Um, that, you know, has like a relatively narrow opening and they'll kind of grab on to the pollen bearing bits of the, of the flower in, inside of the petals and then just vibrate their little bodies like real hard, just poofing this cloud of pollen out of the flowers and onto themselves. Oh, I know. <laughs> that sounds so cute. I I love it. Um, yeah, and so apparently it's just real effective at at producing pollination. And I, bee aside, yeah, always excited about it. Yes, bees are so cool. Oh, so oh, oh, see our honey episode for more on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can you can grow new blueberry plants either by seed or by cuttings. Um, different varieties go to different uses. Wild types are often a little smaller and tartar, and so they'll go to processing to be frozen or canned or dried. 
that may or may not be what winds up in a lot of your processed baked goods. Um, some cultivars are even used ornamentally. Um, and even uh, I've read are really good for like bonsai type applications. So Ooh. yeah, I don't know. But yes, the resulting fruit can, um, you know, it's it's small enough to be like a handheld snack. So they're often eaten out of hand, but can also be processed into uh, jams or jellies or baked goods. You can uh, make, uh, make, make wine and other alcohols from them. You can add them to smoothies or whatever you want. <laughs> I, I think that there's fewer, generally fewer savory applications for blueberries than, than sweet applications. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they would go great in a salad, something like that. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of flavor for like a really small berry. Yeah. Um, and I would probably point seven to 10 years where every day for breakfast, I eat yogurt, blueberries and honey. So yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Oh, I love, oh, I love a fresh blueberry and some yogurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a little snap and pop and oof. Ugh. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, oh, no, I need to go buy some blueberries. Okay. Anyway. I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> what about the nutrition? Blueberries are pretty good for you. Um, they contain very little fat, a bunch of sugar and fiber, good pops of vitamins and minerals. Um, you know, uh, you know they, they will help fill you up. But, uh, but to keep you going, I would say to add some, some protein and a fat to the mix in there. And... Okay, so we'll get into why this happened during our history outline. But suffice it to say for right now that you have probably heard that blueberries are a super fruit. <laughs> Sounds kind of menacing when you say it like that. <laughs> um, I, did I, should it should have been more that blueberries are a super fruit. Yeah, Is that more I don't like know. It? I'm not telling you how to interpret somewhere things. in between. <laughs> I feel somewhere in between about it. Um, but oh, oh well, <laughs> okay. So, uh, in the 1990s and early 2000s, a lot was made of blueberries in the media because of this research into the amount of um, anthocyanins that they contain. And anthocyanins are these compounds that are responsible for the deep red to purple pigmentation of blueberries, cranberries, blackberries, stuff like that. And uh, anthocyanins also happen to have a really high capacity as antioxidants, um, which means that, um, that they are a type of molecule that can help prevent certain types of damage to cells, um, uh, to, to like bodily cells, and therefore can sometimes help prevent diseases and conditions that could result from damage to your cells. Yeah. Um, and blueberries do contain a lot, like over two to three times more than other common fruits like plums or grapes or raspberries. The thing is, is that the initial research that this was based on was just on the composition of blueberries not on how much of what's in them actually gets used by your body when you eat them. So they, they're not like, they're really not like, oh, it's such a super food. Holy heck. But they're still good for you. Um, you know, <laughs> research is ongoing. Uh, what it looks like as of 2019, um, according to the best medical research reviews that I could find, is that like there is good evidence that incorporating blueberries into your diet can help 
prevent uh, stuff like cardiovascular disease, um, can help improve like glucose and insulin related functions, um, or at least help make it not get worse. That, that blueberries do have some anti-inflammatory and pro-immune system effects when you eat them, uh, possibly because of like gut microflora and stuff like that. Really fun. Um, uh, kind of kind of too deep for, for right now. Um, but yeah, as of right now, uh, moderate intake is thought to be not a bad idea. Hmm. If, if, if you had like maybe like a third of a cup of blueberries a day, if, if you enjoy doing that um, and, you know, it, it might help you mitigate the risk of some conditions related to uh, to the above. So. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Clear, <laughs> clear as a blueberry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 always it's always a saver motto. You know, like I, I human bodies are complicated. More research is necessary before ingesting a medicinal amount of anything. Consult a doctor. Um, but yeah, like a third a cup a day of blueberries probably probably good for you. Certainly not going to hurt you. Check with your doctor. That feels like a challenge. Now I'm thinking of all the ways blueberries could hurt you. Well, uh, oh gosh. <laughs> is it, <laughs> this isn't like, Annie, you would make such a good genie. <laughs> I would. <laughs> You're like, well, <laughs> what about the yes. choking hazard? Didn't think of that, did you? <laughs> you didn't think this one through or this very obscure fact. <laughs> oh, That's heck. why I'm a dungeon master. Um, (laughs) we do have some numbers for you we do we do so largely in part to what lauren was just talking about about this like super food belief um blueberry popularity is on the rise the blueberry industry is estimated to be worth about 250 million dollars from 2005 to 2015 global blueberry production tripled which I find really interesting because this takes place in, like, North America mostly. But, yeah, yeah. Um, since 2008, consumption of blueberries has doubled in the U.S., and U.S. per capita consumption is about three pounds. I think the comparison, though, is strawberries is seven to nine. Um, okay. Yeah. The U.S. and Canada combined eat about 76% of global blueberry exports, and the U.S. is the largest global producer with 690 million pounds as of 2016. It is also the largest importer. Um, about 27 countries cultivate blueberries commercially. So, yeah, a lot of blueberries get in, getting eaten in Canada and the U.S. Yep. Yep. We like them. We like them. I did not yes. realize exactly how regional. Th- th- this is one of the first ones that I think I was surprised by, that I that I, I just didn't know that it wasn't, that blueberries weren't such a thing. Right. Me too. Me too. More widespreadly, yeah. Mm-hmm. About 58% of the blueberry crop in North America is frozen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so a lot of states, I, I'm, I'm putting a disclaimer here because I know there are other states I could have mentioned. Oh, yes. I know this. <laughs> Minnesota Several is already states. mad at you. Minnesota is oh, already sorry, mad Minnesota. at you. <laughs> I didn't mention Georgia or South Carolina. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. Um, I'm talking about states that are very excited about blueberries. Um, so one of them is North Carolina, big blueberry state. It's their highest ranked fruit crop worth about 50 to $70 million. There's a North Carolina Blueberry Council, Incorporated, um, that many of the growers belong to. There's a North Carolina Blueberry Festival. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. New Jersey, 
also a big blueberry state. Hamilton, New Jersey, home of the Atlantic Blueberry Company, calls itself the blueberry capital of the world. Mm. <laughs> the business has 1,000 acres of blueberries and the blueberries, New Jersey's state fruit. But don't forget Maine! <laughs> They're actually the world's largest producer of low brush or wild blueberries, churning out 90 million pounds of blueberries a year. Their official state berry is the wild blueberry. Yeah, um, blueberry pie is their official state dessert. And uh, however, um, climate change and uh, the aforementioned pollination issues are really affecting crop yields there. As of 2020, Maine's wild blueberry crop was just uh, 47.4 million pounds, which is the lowest in 16 years. It's like half of what it used to be. Mm -hmm. A portion of the wild blueberries harvested in Maine are grown by Native American tribes, Some have recently sounded the alarm about the increased demand, especially in terms of expecting more blueberries out of Mm. less land. There are also issues of pricing and contracts with outside companies. So something else to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there there are just so many blueberry festivals around the eastern U.S., over through the Great Lakes, um, during the summer when the crops are coming in. Um, There's a lot of like like you pick kind of situations, a lot Mm -hmm. of pancake breakfasts, uh, a lot of pie eating contests. Ooh. (laughs) Annie's thinking about like the walk that she had to take after (laughs) (laughs) over sugaring on like a slice, I'm assuming. Yes. That might, that might kill me. <laughs> Do not let me enter a blueberry pie eating contest, Lauren. I, no matter I'm, what I say. <laughs> okay. All right. That's the line. I see you and I'm yes. here to support your decisions. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, we do have a lot of history for you. We do. But first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, blueberries originated in North America, possibly after the last ice age. And actually, there's a really interesting scientific paper about this. And I tried to summarize it to put in here, but it was too confusing to summarize. It made sense. But basically, there's some really cool stuff happening with, like, fungi. That is why blueberries, it helped blueberries survive. Um, Cool, yeah. Like a symbiotic relationship. Native Americans ate wild blueberries fresh or dried and used them when making pemmican, which is sort of an early energy bar composed of fat, shredded jerky, fruits, and sometimes seeds or other nuts. I know we've talked about that in Mm -hmm. past episodes, probably cranberries. Mm -hmm. The berries were also used medicinally, and the roots of the blueberry bush were made into tea. Dried blueberries were prepared with dried cracked corn and water to make a sort of pudding. When colonists arrived, they added in butter, milk, and sugar to this pudding, if they could get sugar. Um, Mm -hmm. These early berries were wild. No one was really looking to domesticate them. Though indigenous peoples might have used controlled burns to promote the growth of blueberry bushes. Hmm. In 1615, Samuel de Champlain described witnessing Native Americans harvesting blueberries near Lake Huron. He wrote of seeing women use, quote, blues in Hmm. their cornmeal bread, going on to call the berries the, quote, manna of winter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Around the same time, John Jocelyn wrote of the medicinal uses of blueberries growing in northern New England, quote, to cool the heat of fevers and quench thirst. They are very good to allay the burning heat of fevers and hot agues, (laughs) a fever that shakes the body, either in syrup or conserve. Hmm. He wrote about folks eating the blueberries, too, particularly in sweeter dishes. There were a handful of descriptions around this time from European colonists and colonizers about blueberries. Jesuit missionary Paul Lejeune wrote in his book that, quote, some Native Americans imagine a paradise abounding in blueberries. Ooh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A bit later, Samuel Hearn wrote that blueberries were, quote, seldom ripe till September, at which time the leaves turn to a beautiful red and the fruit, though small, have as fine a bloom as any plum and are much esteemed. For the pleasantness of their flavor. Ooh, much esteemed. Yeah, it's accurate. <laughs> totally it true. It is. <laughs> Despite the fact that the U.S. had plenty of berries, they didn't seem to really take off in the country until later, which is the source of several articles digging into why that is something I also found interesting, perhaps a future episode. Um The believed first known written use of blueberry pie appeared in 1829 in the New England Farmer, while the first known written recipe might have appeared in 1850. Commercial harvest of blueberries in North America didn't really get going until about the 1840s and during the Civil War after sardine canneries um, who had lost their market in the South started canning blueberries instead to sell to Union soldiers. And this helped develop a taste or sweet berries. Okay, 
And I love this. This was a surprise. I'd never heard about any of this. Um, while the specific history of who and how and when a food is domesticated from its wild form is often lost to time, all those facts are often lost to time, we do know what happened in the case of the blueberry. Yes. Yes. Their domestication took place in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. During the late 1800s and early 1900s, the White family, um, a family of Quakers, owned a lot of land in the Pine Barrens. I read somewhere it was a million acres. Oh, okay. That's a lot of land. <laughs> they called this land and the buildings on it White's Bog, and they grew cranberries. Joseph White and his oldest daughter, Elizabeth, took care of most of the farm work. From a young age, Elizabeth took an interest in farming and kept her ears open for any farming opportunities. When she was 39 in 1910 or 1911, she discovered a book on blueberries compiled by botanist Frederick Covell for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And this book, our report, because I found the report. I didn't find the book. But anyway, uh, whatever it was, it really caught her interest, especially Coville's theory that blueberries, unlike most plants, needed acidic soil to grow and that they benefit from fungi penetrating their roots. Like I said. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth wrote a letter to Coville's boss proposing that she and her family could conduct experiments on growing blueberries on their farm, pointing out that blueberries already grew well on the land and that they'd pay the USDA to do it, too. She made sure to make a carbon copy of the letter and kept it in a safe for many years, which I love. <laughs> so this letter will never be lost to time. It was like a yeah. fine safe. <laughs> so good. Well, she was right to protect it, I guess, because the letter worked. Months later, Coville himself showed up at Whitesbog. Elizabeth sent out notices offering money to any locals who could provide bushes with large blueberries. Over 100 folks answered the call, and Elizabeth named each bush after the person who brought it. Huh. From these bushes, Coville figured out how to essentially clone the bushes from cuttings. Some were better producers than others. Some did so well that they're still growing to this day. Coville cross-pollinated bushes as well, selectively breeding for bushes that produced bigger, tastier berries. Of the 120 samples they received, 118 got tossed. And from the two remaining, they took 35,000 cuttings. Whoa. From, I know. And from all of that, they kept only four. By 1916, they'd arrived at a blueberry crop that consistently yielded a berry that looked and tasted the same. A new commercial blueberry industry was born. <laughs> I know. I love this. One of the successful bushes came from a man named Rube Leek. Coville and White decided Rube wasn't a nice enough name and that I couldn't use Leek because of the plant by the same name. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Coville got the idea to add an L to the end of Rube, either in honor of the man's last name and or because it sounded like something that makes money to arrive at the name Rubel, a Rubel, which is still used today. It's one of the blueberry crops still around today. Huh. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth would later write that this whole experience was a, quote, joyous memory for her and that, quote, encouraging developments came thick and fast. Dr. Coville and I gloated over them together, the enthusiasm of each fanning to brighter flame that of the other. The pair worked together for over 20 years. She was instrumental in creating the blueberry market and helped form the first blueberry farmers co-op. She apparently contacted suppliers and suggested they sell blueberries packaged in cellophane so people could see the berries, which is still around today, too. Yeah. Oh, 
I love it. She co-authored papers about blueberries. She was called the blueberry queen. <laughs> so fun. Such a fan. Fun story. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Well, yes. heck yeah, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was just, there was so much research into blueberry hybrids going on in the 1920s. There were a lot of papers being published about it. Yes. Um... I guess a hard pivot. Before his execution in 1927, Niccolo Sacco asked that blueberry pie be his last meal. And that was a rabbit hole because I didn't know who that was or anything about that whole situation. Different podcast, but whoa. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we, are, we, are not, we are not true crime. But it, <laughs> not very rare, Very rarely, anyway. Very rarely. Very rarely. Food Sometimes crime. True food crime. Capone shows up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> The Atlantic Blueberry Company was founded in 1936 by the Galetta family. Blueberries were first planted in North Carolina, also in 1936. Apparently, an entrepreneur who grew blueberries up in New Jersey was looking to extend the crop's growing season. So he went looking around for other places to plant them, settling on North Carolina. The book Blueberries for Sale was published uh, by Robert McCloskey uh, in 1948. It won the uh, Caldecott Award in 1949. If you guys did not grow up with this book, it is a charming picture book about picking blueberries. Oh, I did not grow up with this book. <laughs> oh, blueberries for sale. Yeah. There's a there, there, there's a bear cub involved too. And it's yeah, there's there's a whole there's a whole parallel between the bear cub and its mom and the little girl and her mom. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, my mind immediately goes to a dark place. Oh. No, no. It's a children's <laughs> picture book, Annie. Children's okay. picture book. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, with the commercial availability of blueberries, improved innovations around uh, freezing and refrigeration, introduction of new varieties of bushes that can grow in high-temperature environments, including here in Georgia— which is one of the biggest blueberry-producing states. See, I didn't mention us at the top. Um, blueberry production and demand has continued to increase. Uh, it, yeah, uh, as, as you said earlier, um, over half of our blueberry crop here in the States is winds up being frozen. And, um, and so all of this production really kicked off in the 1940s with the development of uh, frozen food technology. Um, and you can see we have an early episode on that one. Um, but yeah. In the early 1980s, uh, blueberry picking was promoted as this uh, big, like, recreational and or tourist activity. Um, and apparently some 20% of summer tourists to the Great Lakes region uh, picked blueberries while they were there. Wow. <laughs> the blueberry got another boost in the 1990s and 2000s, like you mentioned, Lauren, when a lot of articles and research came out suggesting the health benefits of blueberries, some labeling it as a superfood. And okay, so apparently, I, I I read I read an article from um, the Atlantic about this. There was this one marketing guy by the name of John Sov, um, who just really got the uh, the uh, blueberry rolling uh, circa 1997. He was working um, at the time as the executive director of the Wild Blueberry Association of North America. Um, he was there 93 to 2004, and yeah, he was the guy who looked at these studies coming out starting in 1996 about um about antioxidants in blueberries and he was like oh 
oh, we can turn this into profits. Um, so he and other folks in the blueberry industry started funding more research. By 1999, there was global media coverage about blueberries and antioxidants. For example, sales of wild blueberries in Japan went from about 2 million pounds a year in 1996 to 30 million by 99. Wow. <laughs> I did see that Japan was like one of the under, you know, the U.S. and Canada uh, yeah. largest consumers. And I was kind of like, huh, how did that happen? There you go. Uh, health marketing. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, to end on a down note, um, just this year, there's a research out about, yeah, how climate change in the Northeast is is really negatively impacting blueberries. It's been warmer. There's been less rainfall. Um, they're, you know, not like the thirstiest crop, but they do need water. And so it's uh, just adding adding challenges. Adding challenges. Mm -hmm. um, poor blueberry. <laughs> My uh, poor sweet blueberry. <laughs> oh, do what you can to combat climate change. Call your senators. <laughs> For the blueberry. Think of the blueberry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about what we have to say on the blueberry for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. 
we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with was that was that Violet being rolled away yeah. by the Oompa Loompas? <laughs> it was. And it was also an ode to one of my favorite weird rides, E.T., the adventure. Oh. There's a creature in there that talks like that, and he says, Welcome home, you've arrived. And it makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> that ride is strange. <laughs> That ride is very, very odd. If y'all have never witnessed it, whenever you feel safe getting back out to a theme park, I recommend going to Universal Studios in Orlando and beelining mm-hmm. straight to the E.T. ride. Oh, yeah. It's the best, too. Well, we're going to ruin it, Lauren. But as of now, it's usually nobody's riding it. So yeah. there's no wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you get there and there's a wait, it's our fault. And you can you, you yeah, can write us angry letters. <laughs> send send a note our way. Yeah. Although I'll be pretty happy. I'm, I'm afraid they're going to tear it down. And it is it is quite the sight to behold. <laughs> you can find it online on YouTube because, of course, I've looked it up. Uh, <laughs> I very much enjoy that ride. <laughs> it's so oh. weird. <laughs> um. Casey wrote, I am a longtime listener, yet this is my first time writing in. Oh, hello. While listening to your latest podcast on cilantro, I just had to share with you all my experiences with cilantro as a super taster. Ah. Yeah. Growing up, I was always a picky eater, like so many children. Fast forward to studying anthropology in college, I participated in many PTC tests where I discovered that I am a super taster and not just picky. After participating in this test in so many classes, I found myself very jealous of my classmates who only tasted paper versus a bitter, soapy taste plus paper. (laughs) (laughs) Now aware of my super tasting powers, my mother uses me in her herb garden whenever she can't tell the difference between her parsley, cilantro, and catnip, (laughs) which all grew pretty wild next to each other. This always brings such horror to her cat's face as it tastes tests the leaves of what the cat assumes is precious catnip. (laughs) I am sure you all are wondering my thoughts on cilantro at this point. I am in the camp against cilantro and parsley, but in favor of coriander. However, I discovered Coolantro, C-U-L-A-N-T-R-O, when I started growing my own herbs. This plant is, from my understanding, the American cousin of cilantro. It doesn't taste like soap to me and thrives in my warm, sunny Florida yard. I never have to replant it. It is a perennial and often pops up everywhere. So many ask me about my odd-looking plant, and of course I offer leaves to try. The shock on their faces when they taste the plant and discover it does indeed taste like cilantro, but different, always brings me such joy. I am attaching a photo of my little cilantro plant, all in bloom. I hope this plant brings hope to all those who also dislike the taste of cilantro, but love foods that feature the herb. Oh, I've never heard of cilantro. I can't believe I didn't come across that in the research. I I, I came across it as like a like a parallel or varietal, or um, I wasn't sure if there was a difference or not. So so I am very intrigued to hear that there is a flavor difference between that and regular cilantro. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um and and the picture looks amazing. Um <laughs> I I as someone who struggled to grow plants before, I'm always so happy when I see one that looks healthy and, and happy. That's really <laughs> thriving. Yes. 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, um Hannah wrote, a little while ago, uh one of Atlas Obscura's emails included a link to an article about pastilla, uh, a sort of apple meringue cookie 
from Russia. Uh, the recipe included directions for cooking the apples down, but since I had just made applesauce a few days before, I figured I could just use that. Uh, also, as a vegan and lover of chickpeas, I had a lot of aquafaba in my freezer. Aquafaba is the liquid left over from cooking chickpeas and can be used as a substitute for egg whites in vegan dishes. Maybe a new episode idea? Um, so my first trial involved trying to whip up the aquafaba and applesauce together in a food processor, since I don't have a stand mixer. Mistake number one. Um, I thought it was a smart idea, but apparently you really do need a mixer to get the right volume. So I decided to do some more research before my next trial. In my research, I found out that you can reduce aquafaba on the stove to get the consistency of what comes out of a can of chickpeas. Mine was pretty watery, so I decided to give that a try. Unfortunately, I had a friend over who distracted me by wanting to watch The Good Place, so I forgot about the pot of aquafaba on the stove and ended up with a bunch of burnt sludge. Mistake number two. Maybe I should have taken this as an omen, but alas, having ruined my entire stock of aquafaba, I bought a can of chickpeas from the store. Of course, the pull tab broke off as I tried to open the can, but I persevered with the aid of a can opener. Thus began trial number three. I used my hand mixer to whip up the aquafaba and was actually getting a lot of air into it. Adding cream of tartar really helps with keeping the structure once it's been whipped. My aquafaba was getting light and fluffy, so I slowly added in my previously flat applesauce and aquafaba mixture and had to separate the mixture into multiple bowls to avoid spraying sticky apple droplets everywhere as it expanded. So now I had the right texture. I followed the directions of setting my oven to the lowest setting, uh, lining a cookie sheet with parchment paper and reserving a cup and a half of apple mixture to glue the pieces together once I had my cooked meringue sheet. I put my cookie sheet in the oven and patiently waited the four to six hours the recipe said to, uh, to dry out slash lightly cook the meringue. When I checked at four hours, it was still very wet, so I decided to wait another half hour. But when I checked at hour 4.5, I no longer had beautiful apple fluff. My concoction had fallen, and now I had something akin to crunchy fruit leather. I pulled it out of the oven and let it cool before putting the whole thing in the fridge to attempt to peel the paper off another day. But I still wasn't done. I was determined to make this work. So I took the cup and a half of apple whip I had put in the fridge and put it in a smaller dish and stuck it in the toaster oven um, on keep warm, hoping that that wouldn't be too hot. I was much more diligent about checking my mixture this time, and the second it started to fall, I pulled it out of the toaster oven, let it cool, and decided it could go in the freezer to be eaten as an apple whipped cream sort of thing, which was delicious. So neither of the desserts I ended up with were what I wanted, but maybe I discovered something new. I'm too busy trying to pull parchment paper off crunchy fruit leather to really figure that one out right now. <laughs> I love it. Such determination. Oh, goodness. Just, yeah. I I usually give up um, at my first food omen. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel I feel like that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you make it past the first one, you're just in it. You're just in it and you're, you're there it. and mm. that's it. That's yeah. absolutely it. That's wise. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't look up the pronunciation for either the apple meringue pastilla. I just pronounced mm -hmm. it pastilla um or for aquafaba. But I assume that that's what that 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 is. That's how I've always said aquafaba and this uh was a a request for to do an episode on that and a lot of people have requested aquafaba, which yes, I'm hoping we're pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> 
We'll find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been oh, I've 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 been looking at it on our idea list and and going like, oh, maybe not today. I feel like almost all of our, our ideas on there have reached that point. We've gone we've gone through most of the like <laughs> lighter lifts and heavy quotes because there's never a lighter lift. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now this one I was like, oh, it's, it's blueberries are a relatively new new world thing. It'll be it'll be short. It'll be easy. And I was like, mm. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, you were you were right, Annie. You were much <laughs> righter than I was at any rate. In this one instance. Yes. No, 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 no. That's not a way. Oh goodness. Terrible. Just terrible, Lauren. <laughs> you owe me a packet of blueberries. Okay. And I will stand for nothing less. <laughs> Got you. No problem. Awesome. Well. Thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can or email us hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yes, that's the third one. Uh, all three places we are at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality, high quality and immersive sound, a sleek design. All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros.